0: You're telling
1: me you didn't get fleeting rain of the blemished <laughs> body. <laughs> what does that one? I was like, break it down. What's the opposite of fleeting? Eternal. <laughs> I know, but like, that's not a salt and pepper, is it? People <laughs> <What laughs> gonna hate. James, we normally have a bit of fun catch-up when we see each other at the beginning of every episode, but you and I uh, actually had some fun together recently because we both went to see uh, the European premiere. We did of Amsterdam. We were invited to this uh, premiere in Leicester Square, which was also attended by Margot Robbie and Christian Bale and Rami Um and it was incredibly fun and exciting. Andrew Riseborough, of course. And it was incredibly fun and exciting, fun. wasn't it? Which, Not a red carpet. It was a green carpet. Yes. It was it was a red carpet event that had a green carpet because it matched in with the colour scheme of the poster. Not the film, really. No, there's nothing green in the film. It had like this yellowy-green spiral outpour, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, that, and then we got there and we were like... Oh, We saw the color of the carpet. we like, no, it's not quite as bad. look old, as it? good on social media. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah let's, you, say, let's take a step back. We, we did this thing. Go on. Yeah, it was really fun. If you follow us on Instagram at Pop Kitchen Podcast, you can see a video of where we were there. I'll probably roll it on B roll here if you would have a look at. But yeah, we, uh, we went, we got our shiny shoes on, and we turned up. And um, there was definitely like two types of people on the red carpet there was like PR invited people, and then yeah. there was like the actual stars yeah, the who actual got talent, photographed. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was cool. It was busy. We saw some, like, I saw some Love Island people. Yeah. Uh, L Fanning was there. Yes, L Fanning was there, but not, a lot of people were like, celebrities who had been invited to go along. So yeah. Where they would turn up and have a photo taken. So, like, Denise Van Alten was there. Yeah, do you remember? But then L Fanning didn't get her photo taken. She just, like, turned up. But it's almost as if she was, like, dating someone there or something like yeah. that, right? And, yeah. Um, we just sort of stared at her really I mean, like we that's Elle like, fanning and just watch there Short goes el fanning um uh, no it's fun it's fun to see like the mechanics of the industry i think one of our main takeaways from it was like could you, because we were like walking on the green carpet, not yeah. that anyone looked at us, but like, could you imagine what it would be like to actually have be so famous and have that part of your job be written into your marketing contract? And you've yeah. got to stand here and like be just completely mm. photographed and stared at, yeah. and everyone's grabbing for your attention. How overwhelming that would be! Literally shouting at you, going, Hey, over Marga, here, yeah, Marga, yeah, Marga, yeah, yeah Marga, Marga, so Marga. this, Yeah, do this, that, like, everyone stares at you, and then and you something. stand still, and your hairstylist come over, comes over and just tweaks your hair, yeah, and, and you've got to stand by like this big. Backdrop and there's like twenty photographers there yeah. clicking, snapping, flashing. And it's yeah, it, like Is this the first premiere you've ever been to? I think so. Yeah, where where I've like been on the red carpet. Yeah, invited yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's, it is. It's cool. Which is cool. I liked it. I was because um, we did the Top Gun. Well, I can go, but we did uh, yeah, Top yeah, Gun we Maverick. Did, so we, we talked about that in that episode. Because we were we were having a conversation the night before, because obviously because I went to the Top Gun one, you did the two yes. of us, and I was like, well, that was a royal gala, that was a black tie fair. Yeah. So I'm used to turning up very smart, and this was like no smart casual. I'm like, okay, yeah. How does that work with the vibe? I felt like it was um, fine. This was my second premiere. Maverick was my first proper premiere to be invited to, but I did nice. used to work them, so I I knew the dr- knew the drills. So the Amsterdam the one, I was like, radio. I know the drill here, and I was pointing out to you, there's a guy, a security guy. Yes who does all of the Leicester Square premieres, and he's yeah. just big... And I'm like, yep, he's he's the head honcho. You don't mess with him. You know, he's the guy who'll say, w- where's your badge? Yeah. So um, there's a moment where, like, the, the people on all the sort of security personnel on the red carpet are very much, like, trying to move relevant people like us on and yes. get us in. So we sort of you know very quickly got ushered through into the foyer and then like basically to our seats. We were to we were at our seats very early and in the screening they had on the screen what was happening on the green yeah. carpet outside. And like we were just watching these interviews where Edith Bowman is like interviewing the director yeah. and the stars and this and we just couldn't help but comment on how these interviews uh, not, I don't think this is a fault to Edith Bowman but like no, no not at all. everyone just chats a load of absolute waffle they just say words and you and I were just pitching like uh, sorry skitting, doing things like so George what do you think and you were like well you know what yeah, I really think is we'll do it this is how it look, look, again no disrespect this is how every conversation it, it's goes it's almost like they're filling airtime while on the red carpet so you're not just watching people walk yeah. it's like to have people talking about the film as they go over but like yeah. let's say I'm the star and you're, you're Edith yeah. Bowman so uh, George what was it like to actually be in this film oh well you know the thing is about being in this film and it's such a big film and there are there are other people in this film yeah. as well is that like you know i was given the script and you actually get to be in it yeah and i got to be in it and i, and I looked at the script and I, and I learned the script you read it too uh, yeah and you know to be on set and to be in the scenes and they hit action that's amazing and he would say cut and it's amazing you get to actually work like that for this. Yeah, one, yeah, and I worked so with the director and the other actors as well. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing to actually work with the yeah, actors for several, in this film. for many days, <laughs> e- even weeks. And um, we're just watching this. I'm like, no one's yeah. saying anything. Yeah. They're just saying a load of fluff. So we're laughing, 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 and they're just—they're just saying a meaningless just, nothing, just load words. of nothing. And like, I, I don't even know what they're meant to say at that point. But you and I were just laughing it, at them, all yeah. just saying nothing. There are things that are, they're, they're, it's neither a statement nor uh, anything offensive. No. There is nothing you can do with those words except hear them. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's just enough to do the job, but so little that no one could ever pick up on something you said and write yeah. an article that either endorses the film massively yes. or like really is against it. It's so um, wonderfully neutral. And again, not a disrespect to the. To the <coughs> stars are being asked this because no. they are part it's like in a way a very very fancy assault course for them it's like you're yes gonna, and go you're going to enter you can get your photo get taken photo seven, here and then you're going to walk down the road cup you're going to get interviewed here and then you get taken down there and then, but then, you're and gonna then you, get, you, you have an interview at the top yeah. and then you come in and then there's a there's a place to get your photo taken inside yep. and it's like and then through the rapids up onto the you're stage. just this marketing front and you're just like look we need a load of pictures to for the press on I'm Getty Images to say People were here, you were here, the film is big, glitz and glam, Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. But I can see why even they could be on the red carpet or that area for 20 minutes and it'd be exhausting. But I also understand now why people, when you look at someone like Tom Cruise, who at the Maverick premiere stayed out there going along the red carpet, along the fans for like two hours. Really? Two hours? And he's famous for doing that. He will give his time... And you're like that. That is work. That's part of the job. Part of staying power. So when as well. people do, you know, actors and say, "Oh, it's a lot of work and doing this," and people have this idea that you're just a fluffy actor going on stage yeah. or screen, and and it's very easy if you live in this high life. It's like, no, that's not the whole job. The job is the press. It's the PR. Yeah. It's sitting in a hotel room, getting asked the same questions by different media like outlets, hours. and um, acting as though they are fresh and spontaneous each time. As much as I can, be like, God, what, what a, what a horrible thing to be like that famous. It is the price to pay for a, an eight-figure paycheck to do films. Well, right, that's what. It, it's more like and fame well, and prestige. I, I mean, saying the it's the price to pay. I think it's more like <clears throat> if your salary is that much, your job will involve uncomfortable and maybe boring, tedious things. Yeah, like that. You need to go through that. That that, that to, it's, it's like, and yeah. acting in films is like a, what a privilege that is yeah. to call out your job, right? Yeah. To be like revered by millions of people around the world. There's always a catch. There's always a trade-off. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was a very interesting experience. We had yeah. fun. And then we went and watched the film, which we will review for you in, in, we're in, get in it a re- second. Re- um, but... Oh, they, sorry. They, they David O. Russell came out on on the stage before we watched the film. And they all got... Like, like Rami Malek got brought on, Margot Robbie, yep. Christian Bale. And they literally just waved. Yep. And then David O. Russell said a bunch of similar waffle about how the film's really good. He's like, yeah. okay, and, and enjoy the movie. And, and then they all it. walked off. They were probably on stage for 30, 40 seconds. There, there, anyway, that was the premiere Uh, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed going. And uh, stay tuned for our thoughts on Amsterdam. So let's talk about Amsterdam, Mm -hmm. the new film that we went to the premiere to see, right? So to clarify for people, to give it some context, Amsterdam is the new film from David O. Russell, who is a director who's been around for a good few decades and is most recently known for doing um, sort of Oscar, always having a film come out in Oscar season, like The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook. American Hustle and Joy, but he actually hasn't made a film since Joy, that was seven years ago. So he's sort of had this quiet period. But earlier in his career, he did things like uh, Three Kings, I Heart Huckabee's, um, and sort of um, more comedic indie films uh, before kind of uh, graduating these sort of more prestigious, independent, spirited films, um, like the ones I just mentioned. David Russell is a very interesting and uh, divisive figure in the film industry, and quite quite a volatile character, a well-known volatility there was a very uh, famous clip of him losing his temper uh and having a rant against lily tomlin on the set of i heart huckabees there's this famous um uh anecdote that's been corroborated that at a party in 2000 he put christopher nolan into a headlock because christopher nolan was trying to poach jude law for memento what yeah absolutely yeah um and that's amazing yeah well it's not amazing, not amazing it's, it's a like, huge deal. But, but it's, it's amazing that way. that could happen yeah um and yeah, classic like Hollywood party thing. Even though Gosh. there are pictures of them together smiling like years later, and um, you know there are allegations, uh, but you know about his personal life that you can read up about. And um, you know on a, on the set of American Hustle, both he and uh, Amy Adams have said that he he was horrible to Amy Adams on set. Christian Baird had to come between him and a- Amy he Adams. Also he worked together in The Fighter as well. Yeah, but on yeah. American Hustle, he just like what somebody described as verbally abused. Wow. Amy Adams and, and Amy Adams has said it's an, inc- was an incredibly hard shoe and really demoralizing and really difficult. And a lot of that's kind of rebubbling up again now that he's yeah, got a film out. Now he's got it? a film, the thing is, so he hasn't made a film uh, in the Me Too era of Hollywood because I think a lot of his characteristics that are factual um, that have happened do not chime very well. And then in fact, when people have come out, when he's come out with this film, people have sort of said, David a. Russell? Really? Okay. It's a bit like when Mel, B- Mel Gibson came back with the film. It's like, yeah. really? Anyway, that aside, we want to talk obviously about the film itself. Amsterdam is this new period set, sort of crime caper, loosely based on fact 1930s. story. Set in the 1930s with flashbacks to the, the like the 1920s and 1910s. It has a, an astonishing roll call of cast. I love Huge a stacked cast. cast. And just to read it out to you, it, it, it's it's amazing. So we have, ladies and gentlemen, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, they're the central three, yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy, Rami Malek, Robert De Niro, Timothy Oliphant, who's absolutely unrecognisable in it, yeah. Mike Myers, who's in it more than you think, yeah. Chris Rock, Zoe Saldana, Matthias Schoenhartz, Michael Shannon, Andrea Riseborough. Alejandro Nivola and um, Taylor Swift. Yeah, um, it's it, it, it's a it's a galaxy of love stars. Love to see the wage bill. I know this film cost fifty five million, and we were talking about. Ooh, it, I think probably That's like, low uh, for the wage it bill. It is low. I mean, maybe every the, the, what they kept saying on stage was, "Oh, we we, we all just wanted. To, we read the script, and we just really wanted to be involved." Yeah. Okay, that's fine. We'll be honest, guys. When we were going into this, as mu- as fun as the premiere was, we had a little bit of ambivalence or about h- how we felt because when you look at the poster and you watch the trailer, uh, you get, get as we were in Leicester yeah, Square. Yeah, you're, 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 get, this, you're getting of this the film. Yeah, you're getting this sense of I don't know what this film is trying to get you to engage in i don't know what this film is what tone it's kind of trying to strike is it kooky is it is it comedic is it dramatic what is this film about i i personally have an issue with the title like amsterdam because it's just so broad and meaningless yeah it's like, oh, amsterdam what about it what of it they really tried to shoehorn it in again at the end but we yeah so we were a little bit unsure we had fun so it's david roe russell's new film it's got a hell of a cast we went to watch it james what do you think it's got a great cast yeah it's got great acting great hair and makeup production, but that is literally it. Right. I really didn't find it engaging in most of the other ways. Right. I think structurally, just a big mess. Right. You, you, start, you start the film where this is in the trailer, there's a body that's been murdered and then an event happens in the first five, ten minutes. The film then stops, goes on a 25-minute flashback, yeah. right, which was good, but I'm like, right. okay, so 25 minutes and then you come back 35 minutes into your film and then you start the actual, like, mm. plot of what happens in the movie, which just created a very disorienting experience where I never really knew what the film was about and who I should latch onto. So just to clarify the plot as well, I mean, we've just... Yeah, oh, sorry. Sorry, we no, should... no, but, no, but the, everything you said is it stands true, but the plot is essentially this. It's in 1933 New York. Christian Bale is the central character who plays this doctor. I mean, this sounds like a shaggy... There's something very shaggy dog story about David O. Russell's films, and this one is yeah. like... Okay, Christian Bale... Male plays a, a World War One veteran, 1933's New York resident, who's a glass eye and a back brace, who makes, prosthet- yeah, hair, who makes prosthetics for veterans, and he walks with this sort of stoop because he's injured. He ministers like different experimental painkillers. Yeah, he's he? making his own medicine, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. He's got um, John David Washington, who was a veteran with him in the war. He's a lawyer. Um, they've got this dead body. There's also Margot Robbie somewhere, and like as James has said, this body turns up and. Uh, John David Washington and Christian Bale's character are implicated in it. They need the help of Margot Robbie. There's a bit of a flashback to actual World War One era and so begins this crime caper of running around. Whose help do we need to get? Oh, we need to run over there to get this person's help and it's sort of heads towards something that's loosely based in fact. The opening frame of this film says, a lot of this really happened, which is almost exactly what the beginning of American Hustle said. Yeah. And, it's a funny way of saying based on a true story, but barely. Yeah. And it's very much in American Hustle territory. Yeah. If you, if you, this is big wigs, big costume, slightly based on a true story. You've got, you got limps the, and twitches and- But given the David or Russell treatment, so sorry, continue. No, that was it. That's what I found really strange about it is how the structure immediately- threw me off so i spent i think 35 45 minutes really kind of not knowing where to place my style place myself and then after that moment where you have this like 25 minute flashback of like how these characters got together which is all very well and Mm. good and i think storytelling's fine i then spent like the second half, the second act of the film wandering around a bunch of different scenes not really following why that scene happened or what anyone was actually like everyone talks but no one really said that much Mm. And There is something very strange about David O. Russell dialogue. Yes, right? There will be moments, lines that are very witty, very sharp and funny, followed by dialogue that not only just doesn't land, but is almost so meaningless and empty, it doesn't go in. But, it just but, I, I, people will say stuff and I think oh my god I don't have no idea what they've just said it's packaged in this like really premium mm. like beautifully shot by Emmanuel Lebetsky. Oh, like you can it's instantly recognisable as yeah. an Emmanuel Lebetsky uh, shot film and like, like it's so beautifully graded and the lighting's beautiful and I'm like oh this this is tricking me into thinking like I should really understand what's yes. going on yeah. and I'm like really, I'm almost like embarrassed being like I'm not following this yeah. but that's not my fault I actually don't think it, no. it packages up its story very well there's something quite illegible about it the yeah. way it, it's and dialogue like, it, and like I said structurally you, you start with like a hook and you just put it on ice for almost mm. 30 minutes yeah. and then you asked me to come back and I felt like you know I'm not, I'm not gonna spoil it and it goes on to sort of tell you a, a grand you know statement about what it's really about but it felt really shoehorned in mm. at the end to go actually no this is our grand message about power corrupting and this yeah. is what it leads to and where we go from here and it all from Amsterdam and I'm like what is the? It was just very, very confused. Pointless. But like, at, it, along with that, amazing acting. All right. Yes. Like, I cannot, I cannot fault Christian Bale and say he didn't give it his absolute all. And just committed. like in everything he's in, yeah. it, he's so uh, magnetic to watch. And I think you know, great chemistry with Margot Robbie and mm. John David Washington, who I think, who I think was fine. You've mm. got, you've got all those actors in it, yeah. also distracting you from the fact that the plot doesn't really do that much. But yeah, well, I should hear what you thought. Well, I, I, I think everything you've said is. Is correct and I stand by. It. I, I might just try and speak about it a little bit more favourably in that so I like you was watching it thinking you've got this very peculiar film. It is peculiar. You've got dialogue written in a certain way. It's shot with this Emmanuel Lebetsky sort of skew if angle. You've got a very sort of indie sensibility. You feel like you're watching an indie film, but incredible production and prestige-looking yeah. quality of a film. Amsterdam is uh, uneven, it's baggy, it's odd, and it's peculiar. And it's a bit long, but I would I would be lying if I didn't say that there were moments in it that I was oddly charmed by it. Yeah. Actually, so the 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 bit you're talking about, the flashback that takes 25 minutes when you go back to the late war, yeah, I was found myself warmed to that. I Same. really liked it. Where you get the introduction of the chemistry between Mark Robbie, John David Washington, and Christian Bale, and there's something incredibly rich, rich and lovely about that. They I, meet I was, in like World War One, yeah, some... and there's some lovely <laughs> jokes and there's some lovely lines, and yes, post war uh france moving on to amsterdam very romanticized and... idea of like the 20s yes completely yeah. and and you know this time period of um damaged people uh post-war finding their way it, it, it is kind of under scene i think in in sort of this kind of these kind of films so that was that was a, a privilege to see well, what it would have been like to be around a community of people where very often you would meet lots of people who had very like disfigured yes, loss of limb, yeah. uh, disability all sorts yeah you know but then you're right the 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 plot i didn't find the plot necessarily disjointed it's more that like you'll have a a scene for 10 minutes that works followed by a scene for 10 15 minutes that doesn't work followed by and and, and, and as you say intercut with dialogue that doesn't always land and is quite disjointed so um you know the the supporting cast of all these famous people in does a lot to maintain your attention throughout I also think it wasn't quite as distracting as I was worried it would be. I think all the supporting actors work very well in their roles. Yeah. Mike Myers, you I know, told you before we start, I bet Mike Myers is in one scene. Yeah, and he's he does, in, yeah. and he's in multiple, and, and he's good. And he works, absolutely. Yeah. He's doing that cartoonish Mike Myers thing, but in a way that works within this film. Yeah. Michael Shannon's his other half it. Great, R- great. Um, uh, Rami Malek, yeah, brings a certain slightly slippery edge to things. That's, he does that to He does that to role. everything. De Niro's in it more than I yeah. expected. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love Anya Taylor Joy. I think she was miscast in this because I think that character should have been ten years older. I know what you mean. Rami Malik is forty, Anya Taylor Joy is like twenty five, and she's only twenty five or something like that. And she's like talking about Robert De Niro as like a, a stronger. Tra- I just it just that never works for me. Yeah. Uh, Anya Ryersbury is great. Um, the, the 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 bumbling detectives of uh, Mete yeah. Schoenhartz and Alejandro Navola just great um, yeah. together. Zoe Saldana doing a fantastic um, uh, like calm poised um uh um, she's a, a surgeon i guess you'd yeah. say, right but the central trio absolutely look, christian bale always great always committed Margaret robbie just continues to be a completely like magnetic presence on screen she, yeah. in this film she really is bringing modern kind of um you know uh sensibility and uh, and talent mixed with old cinema glamour i mean obviously, yeah. it's the way she looks in this but she's got this kind of classic cinema um actor look about her she's just always a joy to watch yeah. and always brilliant and john david washington has this strong stoic very grounded presence which i always really like yeah but um i i agree that i wish there was more going on outside of it in the last act it heads towards this true based on true story thing now when we arrived to it i thought oh, this sounds quite interesting. I really wish we'd um, had Actually. a different film doing this. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like be... a great plot for another film. Yes, um, I wish this was the whole plot, the whole film, and not just like this this end, ending bit. And I think that the idea was that these characters who are driven by the same moral code stumble into this much larger yeah. scenario. I think that's what it was trying to yeah. do, but it felt tacked on to me. Uh, do you know what? If, if I'm being completely honest, like I, here I am trying to find certain elements, and certain elements did yeah. work. I think a lot of people will find it frustrating and tedious. And this is harsh, but I don't think anyone will, will remember this film in two years' time. No, I think it'll be... Do many people talk about American Hustle, though, in the same way? I don't think they do. I think American Hustle... Guess probably, it did get nominated. That got nominated well. so it had a bit more of a running, but I really feel with this... That feeling we had when we looked at the poster of, cool, but what is, what it, is it you're giving it was, me? Because it was the three of them, Christian, Margot, and John David in their very wacky costume design, just on a green and white striped, but squiggly yeah. background. And like that with the title, which never really made that much sense yeah. in the plot of the film, part from the fact that they just used to live there. Yeah. They never really told you about like, why you should watch it, apart from the fact that, look at who we got in yeah, it. Look at all these famous people. And that was all, oh, Taylor Swift, I thought was very good. Taylor Swift in, is very, in, good in she's in she's a brief, very good. A brief, role, but very good role. And, and Chris Rock is great. And, you know, I I, I watching the film is like, Looking through a very tiny window at a very tiny room that's into intricately detailed and and modeled like like David a. Russell has created this like toy set, and sometimes I felt like I was looking through that little window and I was like, this is great, but I feel completely cut out from it. And then sometimes I was in that room and I was in, enjoying it and and I, I felt connected to it, but that was few and far between, frankly. Yeah. And, and and by the last few scenes, like the climax of the film, it's just so much quick non it's nonsense isn't it a lot of it is actual <laughs> it's nonsense. Not nonsense and then right at the end it comes to its little you know little it, peak and yeah. in my mind i went oh right yeah they'll do that then yeah <laughs> it's like that's what we've done with this i guess it is the 1930s so uh, it, it, i think if you are great acting if you like if you like margot robbie and you like christian bale and you like all that cast and you want to see that you want to see them and play like if you want to see them play dress up with the most expensive costumes yeah. and the most expensive and sets beautiful cinematography go, go and do it um I, I will say that where because you know, me and George are very unimportant. Our seats were the furthest to the left on row D, so the fourth row, Close and, so and to the left. We are looking as close, I'm literally, by the wall, and so we are looking up at this, this, this screen. <laughs> literally, like, uh, right, at, looking at Amsterdam from a Dutch angle, <laughs> from a Dutch angle, and a lot of the film, like Emmanuel levetsky wide, yeah. and a lot of it was mostly handheld and, and shot or from like shoulder shot yeah. like fairly low, and a lot of it was dutch yeah and christian bale's character was like this w- wonky wonky yeah. for the whole film so a lot of the time i'm watching a wonky person on a wonky shot mm. on a wonky screen with a chair yeah. not facing from a, front, wonky from angle. From a wonky <laughs> angle and it was just all overall i don't i don't really want it i watched an italicized version yeah. of that film but, but i sadly think i think you'll be going through amazon prime in two years time oh, and it'll be yeah. on there and you'll go Hi uh, yeah. yeah uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. i got Margot Robbie. Yeah, Margot, yeah. Yeah, Margot. Is, that what, is, that what, is Taylor Swift in that one. Yeah. Is I she any so. good? Yeah. I, is quite good? Um and I think in a few months' time when Babylon's out and that becomes the Margot Robbie film we're talking about. She's really going, going for an Oscar, Oscar race, race. Margot I think I think Robbie, she's isn't she? She'll get it. I think so. She'll get it. She she she, she deserves that Oscar. Um so I don't know, that's what we thought. Great to have been to the premiere, of course. Loved going to the um, premiere. Let us know if you've seen- I would love apart. to hear more opinions. Because also, just talking about David O'Russell's films, I haven't seen The Fighter. I've seen The Fighter. Uh, did you like it? It's one, one of the better of the, his films, yeah. in my opinion. Not I've seen all of his films. American Hustle, I've seen once at the I cinema. I remember nothing about it. I almost had a si- I think I probably actually preferred this to American Hustle. American Hustle, I I feel like the whole film I spent thinking, great, but- uh, what, I it, remember nothing about the it. The joke that doesn't land with me. Um, silver lining's playbook again i've seen once i remember i remember not minding it i thought it was okay at the time but i know now some people absolutely hate that film really Really hate that film. some people love it but because we've only seen this once maybe that tells you something about david russell films didn't see joy because i heard it wasn't that great i the one thing i really one of his films i want to go back to and watch is three kings which is with george clooney ice cube and um is it spike jones Oh, you Jones. Spike It's set in the Gulf War, and it's like a gold heist um, during some uh, rebellion. And I think I saw it when I was a kid. Mark Wahlberg, that's who's in it. Right. Um, uh, and that's going to be quite fun. But yeah, David Russell. There yeah. it is. Yeah. it is. There's Amsterdam. Let's know if you've seen it. Just speaking about Christian Bale in Amsterdam, who is good in Amsterdam, as we said. Yeah, he's great. And you, and I, you and I said that thing where like, he is good in everything. What 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 is your favorite Christian Bale performance? Well, that's the thing, he's good in everything. I'd say I think my recent favorite one of his is in Vice. Because I yeah, think he's okay. doing something really different to what he's ever done before. And it's so much more subtle and sinister. Yeah. And I actually think that performance, I think that film's very underrated. Mm. And then I'd say that he's really good in the fighter right um uh, did he get did yeah. he win he, he won, won, won for play, that yeah. for best quarter. yeah he's excellent in that i don't think the fighter is an amazing movie but his he completely steals the show in that film it's like this thin like kind of wiry goon that that sort of walks by by mark Wahlberg's character um so i'd say those two currently i i, I only want to have seen that is a big hole in my christian bale uh, filmography, is The Machinist, which I know right, is, I haven't seen that either. So that I haven't seen. The super skinny one. The so, one where he like famously looks really, really thin. And then I'd say my favourite Christian Bale film will be The Prestige, which he's yeah. also great in. But yeah, I'd say I'd say those two, my, I think, are his best performances. But what, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, was thinking, I think The Prestige is good, but it's more... I don't watch that film and think this is a Christian Bale film. Yeah. It, it, there's so many other great things happening I in agree. that. He is part of a, a rich tapestry. Absolutely. For me, uh, I think his best performance is... American Psycho, yeah. which I, when mentioning it, I'm always very reticent to because but talking about American Psycho, particularly when it's two guys like us, there's oh, this, I love yeah, there's the this like film bro reputation about every time you bring up American Psycho, you've got to be like, you're some sort of like indulging the lifestyle or you find it somehow glamorous yeah, it's, and, it's, and intoxicating. Yeah. Oh yeah, mate, isn't it fucking cool? Yeah, and he's so same, slick. same as Wolf of Wall Street. That was right. meant to be a satire on how awful these people are, yeah. but people ended up loving right, and yeah. like lauding it for that behavior, but, um, yeah. You know, American Psychos are really interesting. I think I have talked about this before, but apologies if I'm repeating myself. But it is a really interesting case where you have this, you know, book written by Brett Easton Ellis, um in the early 90s, which was incredibly violent and explicit and was completely uh, caused this sort of moral panic where S- Simon & Schuster, the publishers, cancelled the book deal, and loads of people rejected it, and everyone completely missed the point of the book, which is that it's a satire, mm-hmm. that the violence in it is not is, is explicit to the point of being sat- satirical. Yeah. And if you actually read it, may not even be happening in the book. Yeah. There's a strong thing that is like, all of this is happening in Patrick Bateman's head. So then you get to make this film, which is then screenplays written by um guinevere turner's written by a woman and directed by a woman mary hannah so you're taking it away from the sort of leering male violence that it's kind of set up to be and you get christian Bale in it and christian Bale, i think does a really excellent distillation in that film of crystallizing the idea that it is all complete um Nonsense and er everything is completely crazy, crazy internal, but also completely serious. So his performance is grounded in that very serious way, but also I actually think his music changed from the nineteen eighties. That whole scene with the cards, you know, the the business cards, amazing. He is completely serious to the point of uh, being a cartoon. Let's see. Paul Allen's car. And then when he realises that someone else has like a better car than him yeah. and he just like it's feels awesome. the embarrassment and the rage. Yeah. And Gosh, it. look at that soft. So I'm subtle off-white car Yeah, off yeah. White yeah. <laughs> Is that chalk? <laughs> and um, the scene in which he basically goes on like a murderous rampage around New York is deliberately ridiculous you know he shoots a car with the pistol and it blows up and he like looks at the pistol ridiculously and he's like on the phone and he's sweating and he's like he fucking did it man i fucking and he's so crazy and at the end when he like um he says like uh because he's killed paul allen and, and he's like uh he wants to basically confess he's got this violence within him and the other guys like no you uh Paul Allen's not dead. He's like, it is possible. It's like, that's just not possible. Why, Why not, not you? It. Stupid <laughs> bastard. bastard. Just like, because I saw Which Paul Allen mean, like, last memed, week. Like, and um he he just contains within his entire like face and his whole performance this idea that Patrick Damon is completely hollow on the inside, yeah. is a nobody, but is also desperate and dying and crying out and suffering with the violence of 80s consumerism yeah. and is also like a a, 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 a jackal like madman he just contains it so brilliantly you watch his performance and you feel the two things you should do when you watch american Psycho, which is you feel like laughing and you also it's feel uncom- and you also feel uncomfortable yeah do you remember Brilliant. um two weeks ago we just briefly talked about how Paul Dano's an amazing actor and he does his own little subtle variation of his own thing yeah. each time, but it's always great. I don't feel like I'm ever going to see Christian Bale do that performance again. Like that's only yes. that's only American Psycho. Yes, and that beca- that's a truly individual, unique mm. performance from him. Yeah, do you I, know what I mean? No, I do. I, I've not seen him do that again. No, I, I, I. I I absolutely do know what you mean. I um. sorry, the point I just made, I want to go back to it. Just that when when I said that, uh, uh, what Christian Bale does was well that the whole point in the book is that. Patrick Bateman gets confused for lots of other people, and he looks like lots of other people. Right, yeah. so the whole other point is that he—he he, the reason why Patrick Bateman is, is in a crisis and may or may not be murdering people, or at least has murderous fantasies, is that he's completely lost his sense of identity. Yeah, he's sociopathic. Yeah. so uh, you, and you, that's why I think he does very well. Um, yeah, absolutely. I agree. When you look at all of his performances, like there is a thread. You know, Christian else. Bale does his thing. He's but, rugged, kind of. Yeah, but he. We're mainly doing prestige when we do that. I know. But the Langford double is the superior knot. Yeah. And then in like I don't know Thor recently or Exiles yeah. or he's he's always doing something different. He can do funny, like I said with with, with Psycho, but he's always. That's why I thought Vice was good because he. I really lost Christian Bale in that role. Mm. I didn't see yeah Christian Bale, which yeah. is what I know he put on a, so much weight for it, but. I feel like that film and what what the monster that he becomes, which mm. is this like shadowy corporate silhouette yeah. in the corner of the Oval Office, and how brilliantly like they did to explain like how someone becomes that. Yeah. I just thought it was it was what he did that was just resting his face and glaring rather than making this big yeah. bombastic Christian Bale-a-thon yeah. out of it. Very different to an Amsterdam performance he's, I thought was more yeah. special. He has his he has ability to turn it up when it needs to and to bring it right down and know when to do less. And he's in complete uh, communication with the physicality of his performance, even if he's not doing a very good physical performance. So in Vice, a lot of that is prosthetic things, and he didn't put on that much weight. He did put on a lot. Yeah, but he, a lot of that was prosthetic. Oh, okay, towards like, the end maybe when he was really fat. But like, he just lets the, the, the size of that communicate a lot without moving a lot yeah right? the same way that you know uh, in ford v ferrari which isn't a, it's not a film i particularly love yeah but i thought his performance in that a little it's a little bit um almost in the wrong film it's a little bit jimmy hello mate you yeah. know i'm a bit british <laughs> and but he is again he's very thin in that he's he's, he's his whole uh physicality is so expressive well thought out. he's a great actor man though is right? he good in terminator salvation I've not seen it. I have seen that on TV years ago. What about Reign like, of Fire* with dragons oh, yeah. and, and Matthew, Matthew McConaughey? McConaughey. Reign of Fire* came up. I want to say like ten weeks ago. Was it reason. actually? Yeah, so I think I brought it up for some reason. I I, I confused. Was it like *Empire of the Sun* with Reign of Which Fire*? En- because well, *Empire of the Sun* that was Christian Bale's film, film that's right? It, that's it, that was he's, what that was. Even as a thirteen-year-old kid, you watch him in that, and like he's so precocious and so switched I don't on. Think I've seen it. Oh well, I, I watched it last yeah. year for the first time and. It's a pretty good film. It tips over to being, like, over Spielberg at times. Yeah. But it, it's good. Like, he is just so good at it. You're like, you know when you watch a young talent, you're like, you're going to go fuck it. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be fine. And then uh, you obviously completely changed the game with The Dark Knight and Bruce mm. Bruce Wayne. And I think I think it wasn't... Um... No, I think I think this is Heath Ledger. This anecdote it was about. I think I think Christopher Nolan called up Heath Ledger a few times. Said, "Would you do Joker?" And Heath Ledger says, "No offense, mate, but I never want to do something like this." Yeah. And Christopher Nolan was like, "That's exactly what I want you to yeah. do it. Yeah. Can I please like read you my scripts?" Do you know what I about Christopher? Uh, Heath Ledger got a lot of his voice for Joker from Tom. Wage. Yes, I've seen that video, and Tom it's Wage's amazing. Doing that. Wow, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you know, it's funny right. when you when you find that out. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's a really old interview you can watch, um, and it's, it's it's all the mannerisms. And it's almost. Like the. Uh, yes. You're, you're really. That's what I think. Uh, um, very cool. Let us know what your favorite Christian Bale performance was uh, yes. on Hello at com, and obviously your thoughts on Amsterdam. Um, great actor. Do these mini actor deep dives recently, aren't we? We just, we just, we, we, just we, have a, we, we do love a good performance. Yeah. We, we did, it. we did. We really went through Andrew Garfield a few weeks ago. Yeah. Go check that out. We just we went, did. Just, it, Completely I unplanned. Got to the end and I was to like, you really his could like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were fair. Like, we criticized him, like, where it needs to be. But overall, we were like, he's a special actor we look out for. Yeah, totally. Okay, George, let's go through some of the emails that we got this week. As always, Absolutely. we love hearing from you. All your emails are amazing, and we always try to do our best to read out as many as we can yeah. on the show. Um Ben wrote into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com, just like you all can. And he said, Hi guys, Ben from Dundee again. Hello, Ben. How are you guys? We uh, Well done, well, yeah, thank nice. you. Hope you're that too. was it. No, <laughs> uh, he says, I was wondering if you guys have any movies that you adore that are terrible to everyone else who watched them except you. Huh. I love 1998 Godzilla with Matthew Broderick Whoa. and Jean Reno. Wow. I met my girlfriend of, tw- of two years from a Tinder, Netflix and chill and I strongly <laughs> suggested Godzilla. I believe it's the reason we were still together now. Keep it up, guys. Big kiss. Godzilla, wow. Well, I have not- a soft spot for the. I think I do. I really like Matthew Broderick. Um, Is that... Is that the best modern Godzilla? No, I think 2014 probably. Is it? I thought it was miserable that film. It is really miserable. I don't think, you know what? I don't think any of them are that good. I would if you asked me to try out 2014 or 98, I'd watch 98 Godzilla. I probably would do for how retro it is. I how, bet uh, the I bet the CG of the, all the oh, mini yeah. Godzillas in the, in the Madison Square Garden look really rough now. I am um, uh I remember that when that Godzilla came. Isn't this mad? I was four years old. I remember when that came out because the uh, you would get these Godzilla toys. With uh, in cereal, and I and at first I got a tank but from the Godzilla film, but I wanted to have a Godzilla, and I remember having the Godzilla toy that came out of a cereal packet and playing with it. Isn't that I, isn't that a huge testament to like cereal box advertising that you yeah. all these days don't, do, don't do toys and I, do they not? With, like, toy, toys and cereal that's the really box. sad, but isn't that amazing? No, no that you it's, it's rightly really so because it was just tricking people to buy sugary, oh, true, and, yeah, fair. Fine. Um, I, I like Matthew Broderick. Well, oh, the funny thing about Matthew Broderick is he's got he's almost on like a Career in reverse, and that he's gone from being super confident, yeah. charismatic screen presence to being this very sort of timid, quiet, polite man. That's very few things, yeah. He's like Ferris Bueller, he's like, Yay! And now he's like, Hello, I'm Matthew Hello, Broderick. Broderick. He's like how a really like you? larger comedic presence and now mm. is very reserved. Yeah. Oh, answer the question though. Um, any films that are terrible <laughs> that we like terrible that I like. Is that what he what's the exact he said, films that you adore that are terrible to everyone else and Terrible to everyone else who watch them except you. No, I have some. I've got one that isn't. Home t- Alone Three. I love Home Home really? Alone Three is the best Home Alone. Huh. I I, I don't expect anyone else to agree. I've I don't expect anyone else to agree, mostly because people haven't seen it. Yeah. But Home Alone Three, I prefer it to the Macaulay Culkin ones. I, I said it before. Anchorman Two. I like yeah, Anchorman yeah. Two. Anchorman Two. I've got another one which I haven't talked about before, but I don't know if this is hated by people. But I I, I always stand by the perks of being a wallflower. Oh, yeah, I've seen it once. Right, I, I, okay. I've returned to that film. and I, I think if that film came out five years later, because that film has a lot to say about like, uh, mental health and trauma like, yeah. in the third act. If that came out f- five years later, with the conversation around mental health, uh, ha- how much it had progressed, I think people would have thought about that film completely differently. Yeah. And Logan Lerman does a really, really good performance in that. Yeah. And I really wish he'd gone on to do more things. I wish I remembered it more. Yeah, it's good. And, you know, I think people were really, really harsh on Emma Watson on it at the time. Yeah. And it's uh, fun, great soundtrack. Um, so I think that I, I I stand by that actually I can't think oh, of wait, but everyone but has I think I have told you this. There's a bit in it where I have told you this story, so I'm going to say it again. Where uh, it's in the third act, you know, he's, he's having a lot of trouble, when he calls his sister. And she's at this like house party, and she's like, it's in the '90s, remember? She picks yeah, up the yeah. phone, and she's like, "What's up, Charlie? Okay, stay where you are." And she says to somebody else at the party, "Call the police." I'm like, "It's the '90s. <laughs> you have the phone. Yeah. It's a landline. <laughs> no one has mobiles yet." that is good um yeah i definitely have some i'm being really shit and i can't remember there's just like random ones that like i watched as a kid that i'm like i love because i have watched it as a yeah, kid sure. and therefore i have a connection to it uh he also says big kiss so thank you ben um, thank you for the big kiss I this guess. one's from jack who writes into the show he says hi guys such a big fan of your podcast it's always a comfort to sit and watch you both discuss film i won't lie i'm so over the endless tsunami of remakes yeah. sequels prequels? I just want original stuff at this point. It comes across to me anyway as lazy and without any creative attention when the majority of announcements are tethered too strongly to other films and characters etc. Thank goodness for Pixar giving us some new stuff recently. Luca is one of my favourite Pixar films now. Regarding streaming services, I bloody love MUBI in all caps. (laughs) I find that whatever I put on is unlike anything I've seen, not just from other streaming services but in general, full stop. Netflix unfortunately appears to be going down the path of easy watches, Mm. which of course there is a market for, but I personally find myself coming out of many Netflix films very underwhelmed. We've kind of talked about this for a while, haven't we? Movie showcases films that have such originality to them and some of my favourite films I've accessed through movies such as Portrait of a Lady on Fire, The Black Tower, mm-hmm. Holy Motors. What a ramble that was. I'd love to hear your thoughts <laughs> on any of it. All the best, Jack. So, so moving up on a few things we've been saying, yeah, haven't we? Yeah. Um, First of all, I agree with you saying about Netflix. Netflix is becoming sort of a mixture of Channel Five daytime TV movies and Hallmark um rom coms. And Love Island remakes. Not that that's yeah, in the same category, but still. It's yeah, Netflix, I feel like for at least two to three years in my mind, it's it's the, the, the Netflix N that yeah. like is a stamp yeah. means now actually means it's chances are it's not something I want I to know. watch it's crossover and I think they've gone like yes let, let's make what did he say here it was easy watches yeah. what's the easiest thing to put on the most broad broad work? broadest thing possible like really uh, engaging trickle feed documentary about a serial killer it's like just anything yeah. engaging yeah. that reveals yeah. your story and I think that the quality coming from them is really bad but that, that being said they do usually have a couple of things that are going into the Oscars the award category. season ones are interesting to watch yes. Yeah, but, but that's few and far between I can't wait for two months every year when they put out I their know. prestige content. But, like it, but it just seems to be like, we'll just make a little bit of everything for everyone. Yes. We just need to get people watching our service. It's a little bit of everything all but the I just, Yeah, the, the, uh, the quality has become very diluted amongst a load of shit. Talking about Mubi, uh, yeah, this is an, it's not an ad, but I, I do really like Mubi as well. I don't have it, but I used it uh, during lockdown, actually. When yeah, I, had I remember time. you saying. Watched some great stuff on there. Really stuff outside of your main channel of, of of a feed of films like I watched Baccarat and, and Hoop Dreams and I I re, I really enjoyed having it. And um uh I, yeah, I, I think I think if people uh I think if I think if people are struggling to find new films that and they're, they're a burgeoning film person they haven't tried Mubi yet I think I think check it out. And yeah. they've changed it. They, it used to be when I used it, even only two years ago Mubi had only like fifteen films on per month and they would slowly uh, change oh, the I roster see. a bit like a cinema, right? Yeah. And now it's much more like there's loads of things showing oh, and that I can cool. just go and dip into. Nice. This next one is from Finn. Hello again, Pop Kitchen. Finn hey. here. Once again, writing from Hull slash Ull. Oh, right. Uh, this time referring to episode 42, wherein you discussed the potential Best Picture nominees for the upcoming 2023 Oscars. You oh, yeah. can go and check out that episode if you fancy it. Um, it was very interesting to hear your thoughts on these potential nominees, but I have my thoughts I would like to share as well. Since Parasite's Best Picture win in 2020, the Academy appear to have nominated one foreign language film for Best Picture in the subsequent years, mm. Minari in 2021 and Drive My Car in 2022. Mm. Something the article you read lacked was a foreign language Best Picture prediction. Absolutely right. Personally, I would replace The Woman King with Park Chan-wook's decision to leave. Mm. And if not decision to leave, then my second guess would be White Noise, which reunites Adam Driver with his Marry Story director Noah Baumbach. However... That isn't what my question really relates to. I'm asking about the overall quality of the Oscars as a show. Some of my most recent Academy Awards ceremonies have been the lowest rate, some of the most recent Academy Awards ceremonies have been the lowest rated ever. My question is, what do you think is the best way the Academy could try to improve the quality of their show and increase ratings? Whether that's by means of hiring better hosts, increasing security to prevent on-stage slapping, <laughs> or nominating more accessible slash well-known movies. Once again, sorry for the email length, I, pro- I promise to make them more concise in the future, keep the amazing work. I'm absolutely loving the show. All the best, Finn. So the first one about the uh, Adam Driver and Marriage Story director Noam Baumbach reuniting for White Noise. Yeah, we 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 were going to talk about that, but we just it was we didn't have enough time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. That's based on a Don Delilo book. Don Delilo, um, American author, has written lots of. Big, you know, all interesting themed books, slightly um, sci-fi, futuristic—not uh, so futuristic, but like um, you know, future thinking uh, things. Uh, like Great co- suggestion. Co- we Q- agree. Do you remember they did that from *Cosmopolis*? That, yes, with, uh, uh, Robert. Pattinson. It was based on the book by Don. Um, uh, looking forward to that. I love Adam Driver. I love Noah back, Can't wait. Uh, in regard to the English, um, non-English language films, yep. I, yeah, I love that. I, 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 I I'm always open to, and love to watch uh that's more. one of the good things about the oscars it probably yeah, shows yeah. you something you otherwise wouldn't have watched um, or, uh, well, had it been advertised movies, to me i think which is quite good sometimes we're like oh that that film that was not in english was never advertised to me and i'm glad it uh yeah I, 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 I love when they push that stuff through i i um I, it's a shame the article that we were pulling from didn't didn't say that but i guess it's just the way it is um and then oscars ratings yeah, going down okay this is the thing i have always never understood why they try and pitch and show the Oscars as a show, as a piece of entertainment that you sit down and watch. Because right. every year they're like oh, the Oscars rating was, was down and I'm like, yeah, because it's like six hours long. Yeah. It's like a sports event. And it, it, it feels like this very cynical uh, move by TV, American television, American advertising, and Hollywood to be like, let's just Bring everyone together for the Super Bowl of the film industry, yeah. And I'm like, no, it, it, that, I I don't know why anyone would want to sit and watch that through the night. Okay, no. it's just and, boring. And I've never how watched ever it ever because in the UK. The, you'd have to stay up all night to exactly, watch it. However good the films are, however good, it just sounds tedious. What it should be like is like they do, how they do the Baftas, which is they have the whole ceremony and they record it and then they cut it down to two hours, which yeah. you then watch in the evening. And I I um, I I usually watch the Baftas. I don't usually sit and watch the Oscars, regardless of the time difference, because. Yeah. And the the BAFTAs I've enjoyed as a show with you know good bits of you know lines here and there. So the Oscars, it's it's nothing to do with oh do they need to get you know better security or, or better hosts. It's flawed. Don't show six hours of people receiving awards. And it's a lot of sitting and clapping and waiting. Uh, I would say the the more broader reason is that uh, the, the 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 prestige of Hollywood mm. is not only becoming less relevant because of the internet and the eyes and the attention literally is elsewhere. I spoke about this the other day, but I think uh, attention and time is being taken up less by what we have on TV or what we can go and see in the film, but like what is just going to engage us immediately on our smartphone. I also think that the Academy and what Hollywood represents has had a very bad run of what I think the most prestigious award in, in entertainment means now. And I think it's been tainted. It's only a few years ago that we had the likes of Harvey Weinstein, yeah, and just all these people being celebrated, and the, the, all these people we now say. So I just don't think the image is tainted. I also think Will Smith slap like proves. Just like what? What? Who are these people? It just we, like pulled we, down the whole veneer that we just absolutely adore every year. I also think the idea of um, like d- dresses and who's wearing what and turning up is becoming tired. As I yeah. think, like the e-Online Entertainment Weekly MTV cycle and style of news yeah. has become slightly antiquated. That used to really fuel yeah. and like inject the Oscars with like an entire different category. Yeah. And I think that's become almost parody, like the Met Gala. Mm. It's almost like that effect. Yeah. And I feel like culture moves so much faster. It's, it's increasingly yeah. becoming quite like an old-fashioned institution. I think yeah. it just comes quite tired. Uh, we've also gone into a very cynical trap, which is that a lot of years now, before the Oscars even happened, you basically know it's going to win. Sure. And you're increasingly aware that it's just uh, like, you, you you bet on the horse, you can tell which horse is going to win the race. Another thing I've just remembered, which I didn't say at the end of that roundup, when we talked about all the films that are going to win next yeah. year, or, or could win next year, is that, if you're going to go and watch these films and it's very exciting heading into awards season, I'm going to say to you this, it is okay if you go to watch a film that has got critical acclaim written all over it, is being talked about as being the Oscar film. Yeah. And you don't like it. Oh, and I yeah. say this because there have been so many times that I've gone to see the hot film that everyone's talking about that week. Oh my God, it could win. I mean, there's going to be amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And you go and watch it and you don't quite click with it. Yeah. And you feel so strange. You feel like you're an idiot. You're not you wrong. Feel like, have I missed something? Do I yeah. need to see Do I not it understand it? And it's like, the chances are, no, probably not. The chances are in six months time, everyone will have come down from that high. Yeah, No one will talk about that film anymore. Like the, and the artist. Actually right. like, like the artist. <laughs> I, I mean- Um, So I'm just saying to... Film lovers out there, don't despair if you go and see everything. Be confident and, and say, "I didn't like it." I am sometimes very suspicious of, who, of friends or people I know who, who go and see these every single critically acclaimed Oscar film. They've 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 they, yeah, they go, "Oh, it's just wonderful! It's just absolutely amazing!" Or like, like "Darkest Hour," you know, Right? All, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I was just sublime. Like, I don't believe that it is. Yeah. I believe that they, for um, uh, film industrial purposes, they have decided that this is the film they want to bet on this year. Winston Churchill's so hot right now. Yeah. So they're going <laughs> to pump all this money behind. He's him. not anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just remember that if you if it doesn't click for you first time or doesn't work for you, yeah. don't despair always say how you really feel, never try to just Trust your assume gun. that everyone else is going to love it thanks Finn for writing in um, this one is from Haiku Dave from Saskatchewan oh yeah Canada, hi Dave Hey. hello gents, I hope today is finding you well George does today find you I well I think it finds me okay, yeah. yeah, it's been a nice day, it's sunny but cold colder, autumn, autumn. fall I just finished episode 41 and there was a listener who talked about teens and cinema. Do you remember that conversation, George? I I agree that those who are looking for it will find it. But I wonder how many that comes to. Haiku Dave wisdom i believe i agree that those who are looking for it will find it i've talked to a few younger co-workers about music or movies and the one line i've heard a few times is that came out before i was born why would i care about that Mm. my response has been it came out before i was born but i still discovered it not that this is the majority (laughs) dave you just i just feel like you're like a sensei floating (laughs) Can I ask you, can I just send you an email about my life? Um, Not that this is the majority, but I found that to be a faulty way of thinking. Do they use electricity? Do they wear (laughs) modern clothing? Enough about that, enough. I'm sorry, enough about that, though. Not everybody has to be into everything. Just be open to discovering new things, please. The other thing I wanted to mention was about, nope, one takeaway I find myself with is looking at the clouds, and if one sticks out, wonder what's really going on. Thanks for your efforts. Cheers and all the best. Haiku Dave from Saskatchewan. Um, Yeah, so about people well, not what, don't engage with stuff that was made before they were born I, I i've always thought that uh a success of a good education system is not telling someone something that they should know yeah. it's inspiring cu- i'm silly like how you did it's about yeah. inspiring curiosity so that someone is interested to go seek something out for themselves. Yeah, right it's like starting their own motor to them the, to teach a man to fish yeah and he'll it's never like, go it's hungry it's like you, you, I, I will one day sit my kid down and be like this is Spielberg. You've got to watch this film. But I hope that doing that, I don't want to just force them to watch loads of other films. Hopefully they go, wow, I would love to see a film similar to that or what else is out there. That's what I think you want to do. So hopefully people are Got their curiosities peaked. And on for as for nope with the clouds, I don't look out for nope clouds. I always try to see if there's like a a, a Pixar cloud from Andy's room in Toy Story yeah. anywhere. The perfect like yeah. flat bottom perf- dome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, um, Hi, Q, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, Keep- sorry, that reminds me, There's a really good joke in the American Office where they're they're doing a stakeout. And they're, they're spying from this other uh, store, and um, you know it's Dwight and Michael, and Michael hasn't got really anything to say. He goes, "Oh, it's um, oh, it's cloudy." You know, means means people in my rain, and people might go inside. And Dwight goes, uh, yeah, if that was cumulostratus, that's low-lying nimbus. <laughs> no, you're clowns, <laughs> Michael. Yeah. My one of that is uh, if I'm being followed alone on a road. We're not being followed, if someone is walking behind me, on a road, follows. it follows yeah. every single time. Uh, this one's from Kai, spelled C A I. I assume that's yeah, how Kai. I say it. Kai, hi guys, I love the podcast. I first saw you on, oh, uh, you know, the rest yeah. <laughs> anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, like, our fans have become like shaded like by like, I almost want people to start lying about how they found us just for it to yeah, be the most outlandish. A carrier pigeon dropped me a note from you, <laughs> yeah, uh, an infomercial on a, on a Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, uh, hi guys, uh, anyway. My question is this Are there any films you hated the first time you saw them but have then grown to like or? Or even love. For me, it was Nicholas Riog's *Don't Look Now*. Rogue. Re- Nicholas Rogue's *Don't Look Now*, which I saw for mm. the first time in a 9 a.m. film studies lecture during my first year of uni, alongside wow. a hungrily 100. 100- alongside 100 equally disinterested students. I then had to watch it again for a third-year English model, where it quickly became one of my favourite films. Turns out, how you watch a film can have a huge impact on how you enjoy it. Who would have thought? Thanks, guys. Keep up the great content. Kai. Thank you, Kai. Uh, see previous discussion about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood from oh, yes. episode 30, I think, which I basically the exact same experience to you. Don't Look Now. Have you seen Don't Look Now? No. Really, really interesting film. Fantastic opening. Um, I also think I need to re-watch that. I watched that when I was about 17. And I was like, I don't really get it. I need to be better at reading the questions before we go on and then having an answer. Because all the time I'm like, there's definitely one, but I can't think of it. Um, Oh, well, okay. Well, it'll it'll come back to you. But yeah, don't look now. Good one. I might watch that before Halloween, actually. Oh, nice. It's creepy. It's eerie. Thank you for your question, Kai. This one's from Charlie. Hi, fellas. In the space of just a few months, you've become my favorite podcast in the world. Whoa, I've listened to quite a world? few other film podcasts and I can safely say no others come close to Pop get Kitchen. You, suck Keep it up curbo. the amazing work. I can't wait for this pod to really blow up. Blow up. Neither can we. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's my <laughs> question. Please now. tell your friends about Pop Kitchen. Like, go get the Instagram some love, subscribe. Thank like, you. if you're listening, go press the star <laughs> and give us five stars. Here's my question. What are some critically acclaimed films that are held in high regard by your typical cinema lover that you never really seem to love yourself. For me, it's No Country for Old Men. I've rewatched it a few times and just never really fell in love with it. The ending drove me absolutely crazy. Interested to hear your takes? Thanks, Charlie. Um, Hard disagree on No Country for Old Men. Sorry, I disagree on No Country. Yeah, the ending I think is really good. And... uh, I, re- I really, I really like that film. What's the? I'm so sorry. The emailer's name. Uh, this is Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. I, I, i I, um, I respectfully disagree, but um, it, I understand that film is not for everyone. Um, the thing is about films that are critical. We've had this kind of question before. Yeah, and we don't really like to be too negative. And we've, I've certainly like Fight Club doesn't really click with me. Yeah. And, but I, I, yeah. We've kind of touched upon I, it. I don't really. I don't really. I don't have one off the top of my head and I'm not, I don't really want to We don't want to do a around. whole list of films that like we don't like. Yeah. It's exactly. too easy. And there's always something in there. So S- sorry to, to hear you don't like No Country Frog, man. This one's from Jev from Bromley hey guys, huge fan of the pod and have literally been spreading the news about you to everyone that's I know. That's the spirit, Keep Gem. up the good work. Like, that's man. it. Doctrinate everyone. <laughs> uh, so I recently went to a live film podcast. Mo- won't mention oh, yeah. the name because we don't want to advertise it. Like that's him writing that, not me yeah. saying that. Uh, and it was really enjoyable. But throughout the whole time I was there, I was just thinking about how I could be having a better time if it was you two on <laughs> stage. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, so my question is, when are you two going to organize a live podcast? Because Christ, that'd be amazing. Jeff from Bromley. That's very sweet. One day when... I'd love to one day. I feel like if we did, no one would come. come. We haven't got the resource to probably pull that off. I, I think that we right now have a small but really engaged and like... Active fan base, which we really, which we love. Really community, not even for, for the community, community actually. Like for, the, for, the, for the numbers we get on our episodes, which I'm not, I'm not bad about. Our engagement with our audience is way higher than it should and be, we, and, we, and we we really appreciate that. And I think that's Don't amazing. In an ideal world, I'd love to organise world tour, <laughs> Madison Square Gardens, <laughs> Pulp Kitchen Live, Las Vegas um, re- residency, <laughs> residency. Just keep keep subscribing, and yeah, we'll see. get there. But We're in talks. A great uh, great talks. idea. One day, mate. One uh, day. Yeah, it sounds like an amazing plan. But thank you for your support. That's really kind. This one's from Max. Hey guys, hey. I hope you're both well. I'm a long time listener and first time emailer from Liverpool. Thank all you right. for writing yeah, in. Yeah. First of all, I must say that not only am I a fan of your podcast but your style of podcasting, i.e. Oh. music, editing, etc. I regularly listen to your podcast while I'm cooking. Love that. Thank I find you. it very therapeutic to listen to your reviews. Smells and good right? you're any... cooking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, uh, Very therapeutic to listen to your reviews and hear any updates in the film and television world. Thank you. Uh, right. I have two things I wanted to ask you. The first being from an episode you made about films under 90 minutes. Yes. And I believe one of you spoke about the film in my opinion ray winston's classic sexy beast is yes. one of yours yeah, yeah. and i think uh, one of you hadn't seen it me and i would definitely recommend watching it for its intense character yeah. building dialogue and even in the dramatic parts having some of the best british one-liners yeah i think i've seen in modern english films i had some uh, uh two clips sent to me on tiktok of that film yeah and i was like oh it's like it was like great path. scene and yeah. I was like no no, no. I was yeah. in I all like three yeah, seconds it's yeah. Ben, like, K- is ben Kingsley probably it's fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. really good film <clears throat> relating back to the cooking part my question to you is when you think of food and drink in the world of cinema where does your mind instantly go for mm. me it's a mixture of either Ratatouille showing off food as a work of art and passion to something like the Johnny Depp film Chocolat for its depth of cuisine as a form of passion keep doing what you guys are doing I absolutely love the show and cannot wait to see and hear what you guys talk about next kind regards Max I Like Chocolat was on hard repeat when I was a kid with my mom just watched it I yeah. used to feel like I, I knew every single beat of that film. Do you want to know what um food scene came to mind recently? I was discussing it with a friend. Is do you remember in Spy Kids when they were in the pod and they had the packet that turned into a McDonald's meal? No. Do you remember? No. It was like spy kids, they go into this like underwater pod and there's no food, and they realize they've got these packets of food, and then they take one, put it in this like fake microwave, yeah. beep, 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 and then Puff, ah. and it's like a McDonald's large meal, ah. and we were just talking about how like amazingly that like, captures the imagination of like a kid's fantasy film, like Sky Spy Kids. I can't. Uh, I was just trying to think as you read out of the email if I have one. The only thing that came to my head was, do you remember Spirited Away? Uh, I've seen it so long ago. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I remember that at the beginning they have they, they st- her and her parents they stumble across that like amazing feast. Yes. And, and it's like yeah, it yeah, yeah. all the wonderful, and her, her parents just like. Dig into it and you're like, oh wow, and then they they slowly turn into pigs. Yes. And she's like horrified. And it's just, there's something like, I, mean, I don't remember what I was like, maybe I was a fucking fat kid who loved her. Yeah, this yeah, guy, yeah. I remember looking at it being like, oh, that's like nice. A bit of rice, a bit of noodles there, a yeah. the chicken. Oh, that's a good question, Max. Thank you. There you go, Max. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone else who wrote into the show. Don't forget, if you want to send us a question, you can do by emailing hello at uh, popkitchenpodcast.com. Podcast. There you go. I was just trying to do it in sync. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep <laughs> sending in your, um, reviews of house of the dragon and game of thrones we've already got a few in and they're sounding great and we'll do a big season one roundup so get those sent in and we'll uh do a big review of the show thank you very much so james uh let's end the show as we normally do with another game Mm -hmm. and look people love it it's back again let's do the film opposites all right many people have seen this on tiktok You can catch there again. Let's do another round. My turn to give some to you. I've gone through and I've tried to make them a little bit uh, tricky. Tricky? Okay. I hope so, at least. Okay. Okay. This is Film Opposites, James. So, James. Yes. Guess the film based on its opposite film title. Okay. Okay. In three, two, one. The weakness of the cat. The strength of the dog. The power of the dog. Yes. Yes, space to live. No. No. Yes. Space. No. To live. Time to die. Yes. Village of devil. City of angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Close. C- city of angel. What? City c- of God. City. Oh shit. Death is ugly. Life is beautiful. Sunrise Street. Uh, sunset. Kingdom. What's <laughs> What? Boulevard. Yes. <laughs> Bottom knife. Uh, top gun. <laughs> Fleeting rain of the blemished body. What? <laughs> Fleeting, Fleeting rain sun? of the blemished body. Of the perfect, I don't know, I've got, got eternal it. sunshine oh, of the spotless that's mind. One, that's a good one. Cold, hot, warm, burnt, uh, heat. Ah. New York public. Um, LA confidential. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uprise. Downfall. Yes, an ugly body. A beautiful mind. Drop me if you can't. Catch me if you can. (laughs) Off the inland. Out in, on the, on the waterfront. Yes. (sighs) Out of the civilization. Into the, wild, into the wild. (laughs) And the last one, the last one, the useless. The, the, the useless, the... Practical. The help. The help. It's a, it's oh, a okay. 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 Oh, yeah, well, well done. A Those yeah. were a challenge. I enjoyed them. <laughs> I <I'm laughs> personally happy with. My you. palms are so sweaty. You're telling me you didn't get fleeting rain of the blemished <laughs> body. <laughs> what does that one? I was like, break it down. What's the opposite of fleeting? <laughs> Eternal. I know, but like that's not a salt and pepper, is it? <laughs> People are gonna hate this. You I know. know. Well, well I enjoyed this, guys. That. I enjoyed that. that. My, my hands are so sweaty. <laughs> I'm literally rubbing them on my Do You know what I've noticed as well? Some of the videos, when I give them to you, I'm almost disappointed when you don't get them. And I'm yeah. like, no, James, you idiot. No, come on. <laughs> Fleeting blemish, or whatever it was. Um, oh. Well, there you go, guys. That was our game. Thank you uh, very much. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We, as ever, uh, reappreciated really appreciated you guys listening. Mm-hmm. See us out, James. Go on. Don't forget that we post new episodes of Pop Kitchen every single Wednesday. And we have reviews out on the channel this weeks, as well as lots of clips and and nice little bits on Instagram and and TikTok. Who knows? Maybe we'll go to another premiere. Who knows? (laughs) Let's do it. Um, Invite us. (laughs) Please like, subscribe and follow and recommend us to your friends. We obviously want to grow our numbers and grow our following. How often does someone say, has anyone got a good podcast recommendation? All the time. Yeah. And you, you, before they even finish that sentence, you shove Pop Kitchen in their throat. Pop Kitchen. There you go. Down. There Is it go. about food? Barely. Barely. Is it about <laughs> films? A lot of the <laughs> a time. A lot <long> of the time. <laughs> um, and uh, give us a five star and everything on Spotify. And hell, maybe even write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, do That's one of those things you, you That'd be nice really appreciated. Yeah. Um, other than that, we'll see you next week. All right. See you next week. Cheers, guys.